With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungle's closing in? You crave wide-open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, Land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to Land.com, find your open space, and get out there. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from Fanball.com, here's the host for Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Charchian. Welcome to America's longest-running fantasy football show, Fantasy Football Weekly, a playoff edition, semifinals edition, our last Last show will be of the year. Will be next week. Now, that means if you listen to this show over the air on your favorite local radio station tomorrow, next week will be our last show of the year. For everybody who's podcasting, I have great news. We are podcasting fifty-two weeks a year. Yes, first time in the history of this That's show. That's a lot of weeks. That's a lot of weeks. It's a lot of. That's all of them. Extraordinarily boring content. That's, that's honestly probably too much. Of it, it really is too much of me uh, for me. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. By the way, that's the voice of my co-hosts, Scott Fish and Christian Peterson. Hello, guys. Hello, Charge. As, as, ahoy. Ahoy. I'll yeah, what it. happened to Ahoy? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want the ahoy. Mix it up every once in a while. <laughs> I, I want to bring in a guy named Chip to give us. That would, be, that would be something. That would, <laughs> only I would be interested in that, I think. As always, we're going to break down every game fantasy style, give you a letter grade on every player and our rationale for every grade so you can decide for yourself if you think that we are on the right track. A few minutes from now, we'll give you nine guys upon whom you can take a chance, and um, we'll answer three tough questions later on with the, the big topics that are haunting fantasy players. Before we dive into the matchups, let's uh, – Let's cover this scenario that's all too painful for some of our listeners. You played against Lamar Jackson. I don't even need to talk to the Lamar Jackson owners. They're fine. You played against <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Now what? High ceiling players? All high ceiling. Yeah, you got to right? do all the, the high risk, high reward types. Right. I mean, yeah. here you're, you're starting Giants against Miami. You're hoping guys like example. Will Fuller are on your team. Yeah, that's another. Yeah, a guy like a Will Fuller who's notorious for as a boom or bust player, right? Yeah. Um, and I think David Njoku against, uh, against Arizona. I mean, you need lightning to strike to yeah, overcome you, that performance. And you're really zeroing in, not that you wouldn't do this anyways, but really zeroing in on the matchups, right? You're, you're not mm-hmm. giving anybody the benefit of the doubt on your roster, even if they've been in your in your starting lineup all year. If they have a tough matchup this week, you are probably better off going with somebody with a better matchup. I totally agree. I, that's, a, that's a great point. And if you're down, if you're down to Lamar Jackson, to a lesser extent, Mark Ingram, who ended up with a 
the best night of any running back against the Jets all year. Um, you know, I, I do. I think you're right. There are no there are no sacred cows on your roster. Yeah. If you think Pat, Patrick Mahomes, who's thrown one touchdown in three straight games, has got it doesn't have enough upside for you, you got to look at right. Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. As one example. All right, let's dive into the matchups. We begin with Houston taking on Tennessee. Scott, Deshaun Watson, to me, feels like a great start. Adoree Jackson, cornerback for Tennessee, yeah. is out. They put their other starting cornerback in IR a month ago, Malcolm Butler. Yep. Boy, I, I, <laughs> you want a guy with some upside. Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. I have an A grade on Watson. The, t- the Titans D seems good when you watch them, but over the last six weeks, only Nick Foles failed to throw for 300 yards uh, or throw multiple touchdowns against them. Uh, the division's going to be on the title most likely here. This, the winner of this line, is yeah. probably, mm-hmm. probably going to win the division. Um, with seven rushing touchdowns and over 30 yards uh, rushing per game in, in the last eight games, it's, it's a pretty nice floor there for Deshaun Watson. For sure. So I have an A grade on him. Hopkins just a grade. He's unbenchable. Yeah. Uh, especially with uh, Dory Jackson out. out. Yeah. Um, Will Fuller, if he goes, I'm going to give a C grade. I think that entire uh, offense, and if you're against Lamar Jackson, definitely blame. Yeah. But uh, Will Fuller is the kind of guy you start when he's healthy and when he's playing, no matter what, because he's got that 150 yard couple touchdown upside. Uh, if he doesn't go, or even if he does go, I would look to Kenny Stills in the slot. Logan mm-hmm. Ryan is allowing the most slot yards uh, in the NFL right now. Um, if Fuller's out, that matchup becomes even better and QT might even be interesting in that in that situation but uh, with both stills and QT playing QT has only outplayed stills fantasy wise once this season and that yeah. was last week yeah. so uh, other than that Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde it's it's a really really decent matchup here that I did not expect to see that when I was going into to the research here uh, Duke Johnson seven different running backs have had a five catch game against the Titans hmm. a lot of pass catching backs like uh, the great pass catcher Leo Fournette <laughs> and huge, there, there's a lot of huge games there uh, for pass catching backs uh, I gave Johnson a C and Hyde another possible C because the Titans have allowed six rushing touchdowns in the last five games and he might get some of that yeah I actually I think I like Johnson better than I, I do I do I think his upside his ceiling is higher for mm-hmm. Duke Johnson on the other side I gave Ryan Tannehill at A so I, I like the A grades on these quarterbacks here multiple touchdowns in all seven games he started he's QB three since he took over in week seven and Houston has allowed 300 plus yards and three or more passing to or three passing touchdowns to both Brady and Locke in just the last two weeks uh, they've allowed at least three passing touchdowns seven times this wow. season which is insane Hmm. Uh, his main guy is uh, A.J. Brown. He, he's just looking amazing lately, 135 yards or more in two of the last three, averaging 23.3 yards per catch under Tannehill. Uh, over the last five weeks, the Texans have held down wide receivers to the tune of the uh, – to the tune of two fewest uh, receptions. Sorry, bottom two in receptions and yards, which is really good. So I'm only giving Brown a B. Otherwise, it'd probably be an A here. And the funny thing about A.J. Brown and the Tennessee passing attack is if I said Ryan Tannehill was going to throw a touchdown to somebody other than A.J. Brown, okay, who is it? Exactly, exactly. Uh, (laughs) Nobody to catch a pass in that offense other than A.J. Brown. Did you know he has led the team in targets every single one of Ryan Tannehill's games? Wow, that says a lot. Yeah, that says a lot lot there. Uh, I'm benching Davis. I'm benching John. And just like you said, Derrick Henry, he says he's going to go. 
Vrabel says he's going to go. He hasn't practiced all week. Mm-hmm. He's questionable. I believe he's going to go, and I think he's unbenchable when he does go. Uh, I don't need to know that I need to go more into it, but the, the Texans have allowed a lot of re- most receptions, most receiving yards, to second most receiving touchdowns. So if he doesn't go, Dan Lewis can get a C grade, but uh, it's all Henry with the A grade. Yeah, I've got some worry that I got some worry that Henry. He's either on a snap count or that the re-injury could happen with that hamstring. And, you know, I know they're being cautious with it, but so hamstrings, Do you man. think Lewis is startable either way, even if he goes then? No. Okay. Kid, he's yeah, done, neither he's do. done nothing. He does not look good. He, I think he needs to start. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's go to our next matchup. Uh, Christian, Chicago taking on Green Bay. Mitch Trubisky. And let's, let's be honest. It's... Some games for Mitch Trubisky in a yep. row, and he rolls in to face Green Bay. Who's the hot, the hotter quarterback in this game? And it's not close. Is Mitch Trubisky? No, let's absolutely. Start, let's start there. Close. Yeah, we'll start. We'll start with Trubisky, who's had three straight fantasy relevant games, in part because he's running again. Yeah, he's got two helps. rushing touchdowns he's in the last that. three games, and then of course the three passing touchdowns each of the last two. Mm-hmm. He still has four interceptions, though. He still looks... I mean, he's just, like, right on the edge of disaster at all times. Yeah. Well, he was it's breaking right for him before. right now. <laughs> yeah. It's it's coming back around. But the Packers have a good defense. They're a top 10 passing defense. They've held four of the last quarterbacks... Uh, four of the last six quarterbacks they've faced to one touchdown or less. Mm-hmm. Back in week one, Trubisky managed 228 scoreless yards against them. Yeah. So... I don't love the matchup. Do I trust Trubisky? Absolutely not. <laughs> I gave him a C level starting grade, but maybe this is one of those situations where if you're if you're going up against Lamar Jackson and yeah. we've seen the upside that Trubisky brings with, with not only feet. through the air but also with mm-hmm. his legs. So that's the yeah. type of start that this could be for Trubisky. Allen Robinson is uh he's in for sure. 102 yards on 13 targets in the week 1 matchup against Green Bay. 30 targets and four touchdowns over the last 3 weeks, of course corresponding with Trubisky little run here so he i've got him as a uh, an a let me put it this way if you had a whole group of players that were all ranked as an a <laughs> yeah he would be at the very <laughs> bottom, bottom of that group a. yes all okay. of them ranked as a exact <laughs> all of a. them exactly a. a's yes. but near the bo- bottom uh, near the a. bottom of that group got it uh, anthony miller is a little interesting here 37 targets over the last four games 140 yards a couple weeks ago on thanksgiving scored last week gets a matchup with slot corner tremon williams he's who's, been shocking who's Good. really old, but yeah. has been shockingly good. Yeah. Allowed just 16 receptions and 250 yards all year in his coverage per pro football focus. So nothing more than a C on Anthony Miller here, and even then only in PPR leagues. Really nothing else to see in the receiving games. Jesper Horstead and J.P. Yes, Holtz. It's a soft J. Maybe it's J.P. Yes, Holtz as well. Those, uh, I mean, Green Bay is actually pretty bad against tight ends, but I'm, I don't know who's going get to the, get the looks between Horstead and Holtz. So they're on the bench. It doesn't matter. David Montgomery in the running game. He is a B-level starter here. The Packers are a bottom five run defense. They've allowed the sixth most yards, second most touchdowns to opposing runners. Montgomery is a bell cow at this point, at least 15 touches in seven straight games. So he's a B, maybe even an A. Now that I talk through this uh, as the bell cow here, Tariq Cohen, he's he's catching the ball, but he's not making any big plays. No, no. more than 39 receiving yards since week one. So I've got him on the bench. Yeah. And no he's upside like, there. He's like a two carry per game guy. Yeah, it's, it's all the receiving there. game. Yeah. So not enough there. On the Packers side, Aaron Rodgers, 
Man, you can make an argument here that you put him on the bench back to his mediocre ways last week with just 195 yards and a touchdown. Oh, there's nothing mediocre about 195 and one. Well, yeah, less sub-mediocre. Right. One or fewer touchdown passes in four of the last five, and this is one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. Hasn't allowed more than two touchdown passes in a game all year. Uh, screw it. Let's put Aaron Rodgers on the bench. Oh, I think so. Same maybe with Devontae Adams. I have written down here a C grade, but he hasn't topped 64 yards since week 10. Just 41 yards last week against a bad Washington secondary. In week one, he did nothing against Chicago. Four catches for 36 yards. Mm -hmm. Here's another situation where if you're still alive and you just are thinking about automatically plugging Devontae Adams into your lineup... Ugh, don't do it. I've got a C-level grade, and that's uh, that's being generous. I think uh, what, what defenses are doing, and it's working, if you take away Devontae Adams by doubling him, for example, bracket coverage, whatever you want to do to take Devontae Adams away, then there's nobody else, there's to, nobody else to beat you. Yep. you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling's done nothing. virtually nothing. Yep. Geronimo Allison, nothing. Uh, Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard's nothing. good for one long catch a month. Yep. I mean, it's just, Jimmy Graham they, is doing nothing. Right. In the, so they can't find a second receiver. No. In fact, uh, Aaron Jones, I believe, led them in receiving last week, yeah. in addition to rushing. So he is an easy A here. Led the, yeah, led the Packers in rushing and receiving nearly 200 combo yards last week. The week one matchup was really bad for him against the Bears. Mm -hmm. 13 carries for 39 yards, but the Bears have given up some big outputs to opposing running backs. Josh Jacob went one bonkers against them latavius murray two touchdowns ezekiel elliott two touchdowns so uh, they get they do get akeem, akeem hicks, hicks back, back and that's a big change which makes a big difference but yep. they're also now missing roquan smith and linebacker danny trevathan maybe those you know the return of hicks maybe balances out the loss of those two guys but i've got an a-level starting grade on on jones here all right let's go to our final matchup of this segment which is denver taking on kansas city and a lot of intrigue for fantasy owners in this one and some really tough decisions for many people. Let's start on the Denver side. Philip Lindsay has been getting most of the work for the past month. Royce Freeman is solidly on the bench here. But let's talk about Lindsay who gets a B grade. The Chiefs have allowed eight different backs to top 100 rushing or receiving yards, and they've given up the fourth most rushing yards and second most receiving yards to running backs. So it's a really nice opportunity for Lindsay. Although I'll note, he did nothing in the earlier matchup, but he's seeing so much more usage now that I think this is a nice, still a nice opportunity for Lindsay with a B grade. Let's move over to the passing game where Drew Locke has looked really good through his two NFL starts, but I'm nervous about him here. The much improved Chiefs secondary has allowed exactly one touchdown pass in three straight games, and that was to far better passers, including Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers. Also, as an intangible, the Chiefs have two games of tape to study on Drew Locke, and we often see... Young quarterbacks will be successful in their first one game or first two games, and then defenses get the tape on him, figure out his tendencies, and then shut the kid down. That's not uncommon, and that could be coming to Drew Locke here, just a C grade for him. Cortland Sutton is a phenomenal receiver, and he uh, had an unexpected dud last week, despite Locke looking really good, but was effective against the Chiefs in the earlier matchup. He caught six passes, 87 yards from Joe Flacco, first time these teams met since then. The Chiefs secondary has found its groove. It's surrendering the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing receivers over the last five weeks. Now, working in Cortland Sutton's favor, he predominantly lines up on the left side of the field where he faces Brashad Breeland, easily the worst of Kansas City's cornerbacks, and that's why Cortland Sutton gets a B grade in this game. The only other receiver, well, it's tight end, that has a starting grade is Noah Fant, whose usage is all over the board, but I like the upside this week. 
Over the last five games, the Chiefs have allowed an average of seven catches, 69 yards to tight ends, including three touchdowns over those five games. If Jeff Hireman were to go down in a freak blimp accident between now and kickoff, I would move Fant from a C all the way up to an A, but I think it's unlikely. Let's go over to the Kansas City side. By the way, Tim Patrick, some people are caught are interested in Tim Patrick. We'll talk, let's talk more about Tim Patrick in 2020. We're not going to start him here. Let's go to the Kansas City side. I'm going to begin with the passing game because the running game is gross. The passing game, though, Patrick Mahomes with a B grade. Those are not words often heard on this show. An almost unheard of B grade. Mahomes has thrown one touchdown in three straight games. He's nursing a hand injury, although he plans to play through it. I don't know if you saw this, but midweek he said when the injury happened, he was seriously worried. Like, you know, this could be anything. The, you know, the end could be here. Amputate. He didn't use that's my, more my words than his on the amputation. Seems mark. aggressive. It is a little aggressive. The average game against Vic Fangio's secondary is just 230 yards and 1.1 touchdown. So here comes Patrick Mahomes with three straight one touchdown games. Vic Fangio's defense giving up one touchdown a game. This is this is not. It's I, I don't. This is a tricky play for people. Just the B grade uh, last Sunday. Denver held Deshaun Watson to one passing touchdown. I'm just, you know, it's it's just it's not a lock for Mahomes here. Let's go to his uh, starting his best wide receiver, Tyreek Hill. He gashed Denver's secondary for 74 yards and a score in Week Seven. Snapped a four-game scoreless drought against the Broncos, but the Broncos secondary has struggled a bit over the last month. They've given up five scores, the eighth most fantasy points to opposing receivers over those last uh, five games. He'll draw Chris Harris. Now, Chris Harris used to be a death sentence when he would shadow you, but not as much lately. The opposing number one outside receiver, the guys that Harris usually shadows, have scored or top 100 yards or both in four straight games against Denver. So there is an opportunity for Hill here, and he does get an A grade, as you'd expect for for him. Uh, I've got just a bench grade in Sammy Watkins. Here's the frustrating part about Watkins, who, by the way, I believe (laughs) just last week topped the fantasy points that he had scored in week one. Through the rest of the season, yeah, the the last thirteen yeah. weeks are it the frustrating th- parts yes. with Sammy Watkins. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, all the, the previous thirteen weeks are the frustrating part. They're still throwing to him eight times a game. How can Patrick Mahomes throw to you eight times a game and you suck? How does that happen? <laughs> I think. He, by the way, I think he gets dropped. I think they cut him in the off season. I think this is the end for Sammy Watkins. Anyway, then yeah, it's neither here nor there for this one. Um, I, He's he's only turning eight catches or eight targets into thirty seven yards per game, so he's dead to us. Uh, the last I want to talk about Travis Kelsey for just a minute, who also gets an unusual B grade. It's a tough draw here as he he enters his second matchup with the Broncos. They held him to the lowest yardage total of the season in in his season in the first matchup. And what's more, the Broncos have only allowed three tight end touchdowns all season. No tight end has topped 70 yards all season. So just the B grade on Travis Kelsey. And now we go to the running game. Oh, gross. Damian Williams, a possible game time decision right now. He's He's got the rib injury. He had posted back-to-back 100-yard games when we last saw him healthy, but he killed fantasy owners in the earlier matchup with Denver, putting up just six yards. Six yards in the previous matchup. I'm giving him a C grade here only because Denver's run defense has slumped so badly, uh, and I do think there is an opportunity. The Denver defense, they've given up 121 yards per game over the last three weeks, and LaShawn McCoy straight-up sucks. 
So there's nothing left in the tank. <laughs> Who could have predicted that? But, well, everybody. Uh, well, that's entirely true. Matt, when, he just when, he just screwed everything up in the in that Kansas City backfield. That's the only thing. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, all he did was, was muck up the works. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And he's on the bench as well. All right. Everything related to me, Charge, available at Fanball.com. By going to Fanball.com slash Charge, you get instant access to my free weekly rankings, my free $1,000 weekly contest, our super flex salary cap contests, our podcasts, and plenty more stuff beyond that. Again, Fanball.com slash Charge. Coming up next, a segment called Take a Chance on Me. Nine players you do not normally start, many of whom are available on the waiver wire. These are guys even in the fantasy playoffs. They can help you. Don't get complacent. We'll tell you our nine guys when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Take a chance on me. Take a chance on me. Nine players not normally in your starting lineup, many of whom are available on the waiver wire. Myself, Scott Fish, Christian Peterson will tell you three quarterbacks, three running backs, and three receivers we believe are startable this week, beginning at the quarterback position in Christian Peterson. Yeah, I've got Kyle Allen this week going up against the Seahawks. Each of the last six quarterbacks to face Seattle have thrown for at least 256 yards. 
On the season, opposing passers average 283 yards per game, and every quarterback they've faced has accounted for at least one touchdown. Mm. So your floor here is about 260 and one for Kyle Allen. That's not bad. Who That's over okay. the last three weeks has been considerably better than that. He's thrown for at least 256 yards, sorry, in five straight, and has six touchdown passes and two rushing touchdowns in the last three weeks. He is a little bit fleet of foot. He is. He's on fire, and he faces a defense that's not as good as you think. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a safe assessment Yeah, Kyle Allen. All right, let's uh, go to Scott Fish. Who's your take a chance on me, quarterback? I am going with a guy who leads the N- or is second in the NFL in touchdown passes, but leads the NFL in interceptions and has been throwing <laughs> a tennis ball all week instead of a football. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? Uh, there's a risk there, but I think he plays just fine. You he, tell he, people the name of the guy. Jameis Winston. <laughs> Thank you. All Thank right. you. Yeah. Uh, he play, he played with it last week. He should be fine this week. He's thrown for over 300 yards nine times this year. <laughs> nine times. Nine times. He's had multiple touchdowns in eight of the last ten, and the Lions have allowed multiple touchdowns in seven of the last nine, including six 300-yard games. Mm. And Bucks games this year average 68.4 points per game. There's a lot of scoring. Oh, in. yeah, baby. I think the over the Vegas over has hit every single week for the Bucks. so so hammer that. If I, and start Jameis Winston. Is it a coin flip's chance he throws an interception on the first drive? That's his signature move. I, it is. It's a coin flip for that. It's probably and he's got 25% hand chance it's a pick six. Right, exactly. Mike, take a chance to be quarterback is Baker Mayfield going up against the Cardinals. Opposing quarterbacks have finished in the top 10 against Arizona. Nine times. Why, thank Nine you. Nine times. times. Jarvis Landry has a delicious matchup against horrible slot cornerback Byron Murphy, who has allowed a league-worst eight touchdowns in his coverage. Jarvis Landry's a great start here. Mayfield got David Njoku back last week. He kicked the uh, the rust off, as they say, and he faces the league's worst tight end defense. We'll talk more about Njoku later. Both have great matchups here, and even Odell Beckham's got a solid matchup against Patrick Peterson. Got positive matchups all over the field for Baker Mayfield this mm. week. Let's go to the running back position. Christian, who is your take a chance on me, runner? Let's go with Boston Scott of the Eagles yeah. against the Redskins. All Scott did was kind of single-handedly salvage the the Philadelphia season last year. Yeah, last last week, week he kind of in did. the second half of that game when he took over for Miles Sanders and went bonkers. 128 combined rushing and receiving yards in less than a half of work. He looked great. He's he's basically a Darren Sproles clone. He's all of I think he's five eight or something like that. Five yeah. seven, tiny guy, but he can move. Uh, Sanders is healthy again now, so he's certainly going to play and be the number one guy. But Jordan. Howard is going to be out for another game here. So that leaves plenty of change of pace, t- pace touches here for Boston Scott. If he can get 10 to 15 touches like he did last week against a Washington defense that allows averages of nearly 160 combined rushing and receiving yards to opposing backs, there's some upside here with Boston Scott. All right. I like it. I like the Sproles thing because uh, Sproles went from the Saints to the Eagles and so did Boston yeah. Scott. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Uh, underutilized by both. Given up on it by the Saints, both guys, too early, I yeah. think. Uh, all right. Who's your take a chance on me, runners? You know what Sunday is, Charge? Um, 
It's the Laird's Day. Oh, the don't, Laird's Day. Yes, don't, don't, don't take the Laird's <laughs> name in vain. Okay. <laughs> I'm going with Patrick Laird. I'm, I'll be saying the Laird's, the Laird's Prayer. prayer. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Good uh, over the last three weeks, the Giants have allowed nine receptions per game nine to running times. backs. Mm. Nine and times. Patrick Laird's basically the only one in town left still standing right. in, in that place. Uh, he started the last two games. He caught four balls in each, averaging 40 yards receiving in each. His uh, rushing numbers haven't been great, but he is getting 16 to 17 touches per game. Mm-hmm. I think he gets it again this week. Eh, C grade there. All right. I've got DeAndre Washington against the Jaguars. Now, I know Josh Jacobs is slated to start, uh, and it will probably will start this game, with a fractured shoulder. <laughs> Anything could happen to Josh Jacobs, including him playing the whole game. But even if he does have his normal workload, there's enough to go around here because the Jaguars are just this bad. Mm-hmm. They are the worst run defense in the league, and it's not close over the past five games. They're giving up 228 yards and two touchdowns per game, just two running backs, 228 and two. So let's assume even if Josh Jacobs takes two-thirds of the yards and one of the two touchdowns, that puts Josh Jacobs on a very good game. There's still enough for DeAndre Washington to have a very solid game. Absolutely, I think there's a uh, there's a nice chance here, and and honestly, I, I think they will. They, I don't think they will use Josh Jacobs nearly as much as they would were he healthy. So. DeAndre Washington, regardless of whether or not Josh Jacobs goes, is a starter for you. Let's go to the uh, receivers now and Christian Peterson. Yeah, I've got Cole Beasley here. Uh, I'll be honest, he's not your high upside play. If you're chasing Lamar uh, Jackson, Lamar Jackson this isn't is your guy. If you have Lamar Jackson and you're just trying to protect your lead, uh, maybe no. you'll look at Cole Beasley, who's had at least seven targets in three straight games. He's either scored top 74 yards or both mm. seven times in his last eight games. He has six touchdowns in those eight games. He's Josh Allen's go-to receiver. There you go. Forget John Brown. And the matchup is pretty tough here. Pittsburgh is pretty solid against the pass. But if they have any weakness, it's against slot-wide receivers. Tyler Boyd had 101 yards and a touchdown a couple weeks ago. Jarvis Landry twice in the last four weeks uh, has gotten it done. Six catches and 76 yards in one of those games. Four for 43 and a touchdown in another. So it's boring. But five or six catches and a chance at a touchdown, Mm -hmm. I'll take it. All right. I'm going with Debo Samuel. A lot of times you think Manuel Sanders. Sometimes you think Kittle with the 49ers. Debo Debo, Samuel's been awesome for a month. I know, and people aren't noticing over the last five weeks, 112 yards, 134 yards, 50 and a score, 61 and a score, and 109 total yards. Every week. I don't even know if he qualifies for this segment. Take maybe, a chance. Maybe I mean, there's he doesn't sound like there's really any risk his, here. His star, position, his star percentage is way too low. Even his ownership percentage is way too low for uh, playing a bottom mm-hmm. 10 secondary like the Atlanta Falcons. Brashad Perryman is one of your options if you're down, if you are playing against Lamar Jackson. An all or nothing boomer bust play right here. The one thing that Brashad Perryman can, can do in his monolithic skill set, run fast and run straight. That's it. (laughs) Long bombs. That's all he's got. Fortunately, it's a great recipe against the Lions, the team that's giving up the third most receptions of 20 or more yards. And even if Darius Slay shadows him, Slay's giving up big games all the time now. There's no Slay ride anymore. Or maybe it's a good slay yeah. ride. I mean, it's he's like been Andy hurt, on the he's been hurt like all he's year. Hurt, yeah, he's been playing hurt all year. Then I'm sure that's a factor. You know, if I, if he were Darius, if you're listening right now, it's not that we don't respect you, and we understand you're playing hurt and playing gallantly at that. He's been knocked in and out of games. 
still Rashad Perryman. There you go. Let's go to uh, let's work on a matchup. Scott Tampa Bay takes on the Detroit Lions. For you already mentioned Jameis Winston. You yep. like him in this matchup, and you mentioned Perryman, and I mentioned Perryman. Chris Godwin is my number two ranked wide receiver this week. Probably should be one number one. <laughs> Could be in the slot. The Lions are giving up a ton of ton of slot numbers. I had an A grade on Godwin. I don't think I need to go into that with Mike Evans out. Uh, I, I do like well, Justin. I'll, I'll mention this: Godwin goes up against Justin Coleman, slot cornerback for the Lions. He's yeah. given up the second most yards in his coverage of any player in the NFL. Jeez, yeah. With, with Mike Evans out, I like I like Justin Watson in Dynasty, but if Scotty Miller comes back, no, I'm past on that situation, but I'm going straight to O.J. Howard, who I think could have a day here. He has uh, nine catches for 134 yards in his last two games. Mike Evans out. Mm -hmm. Give him, I guess, a B grade in the landscape of tight ends. Uh, Jones and Barber, uh, I hate picking this battle week to week. It's, I know. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm going to give They've both. reiterated that Jones is the starter. That doesn't yeah. always mean anything. Yeah. yeah, that lasted exactly, exactly one week right. the last time they said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jones and Barber both uh, given C grades on this. Neither is a good patch catcher. They're, they're splitting touchdowns. I will say in the last two games, Barber has outsnapped Jones and has all four of those red zone running back touches, and Jones didn't get them. So if you have to pick, if you have both, if you have to pick, it's Barber. On the other side... The only guys. Does anybody have both in the semifinals? You're in the semifinals. You're listening right now. Yeah, and you've got both Buck runners. You're probably not playing. No way. Yeah, uh, Blau and Galladay are the only ones that gave starting grades to. I love uh, Galladay. I never bench him. I call him Nook of the North, even though his nickname is Babytron. I call him Nook of the North because he's unbenchable. He's got a similar similar career arc to DeAndre Hopkins. What, what does Nook of the North have to do with being like, unbenchable? DeAndre Hopkins is Nook. Nook like yeah, Nook Hopkins. New Hopkins. Oh. Yeah. Nuke of the North. Nuke of the North. Sure. I heard Nook. Yeah. All right. Like a pacifier. Right, like like a baby. Nookie yeah. Blanky. Right. Well, yeah. that's what yeah. he was nicknamed after, but he calls himself Nuke. Oh. Yeah. Really? He was named Hopkins? after the Nook. I didn't yeah. know that. But but he uh, calls himself Nuke. <laughs> a little bit of trivia. A little bit of DeAndre Hopkins yeah. trivia worked into our Denver, our, our Detroit matchup. Uh, the Bucks were giving it, it up left and right to quarterbacks for most of the year, but they've been better decently. That said, similar QBs to David Blau, uh, like Kyle Allen, Matt Schaub, Jared Goff, <laughs> Gardner Minshew. I'll put Goff in there. I don't care. Yeah. I've had really good games, so I'm giving Blau a C. Right. Nobody else, though. That running game, especially with uh, with uh, Scarborough out as well? No, thanks. Yeah, no, there's no part of it. Bucks run is really good. Yeah, the Bucks run, it's been great all, all season. Yeah, inexplicably. Really Top five. One thing they can, that's probably the one thing they can do particularly well. Did you know Fanball has daily fantasy auctions? You love auctioning in the preseason. You'll love auctioning for this weekend's games. Go to fanball.com. Play the auctions. They're fast-paced. They're frantic. Incredibly fun. You'll bid on four players simultaneously against your opponents. Go to fanball.com. Click on the auctions tab. See all the available auctions you can play. Coming up next on Fantasy Football Weekly, we'll break down more matchups, including Philadelphia taking on Washington. Carson Wentz with a little bit of magic at the end of last week's game. We'll tell you if that will continue against the Redskins when we come back. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchi, and my co-hosts are Scott Fish and Christian Peterson. You can hear us over the air on many stations around the country. That might be you right now. And the show is also a podcast available every Friday on all major podcasting platforms, including the number one destination for podcasts, the iHeartRadio app. Back to the matchups. New England taking on Cincinnati. Christian. The running game for the Patriots has been a disaster. The passing game has been middling. But <laughs> yeah. Cincinnati will yield, especially on the ground. What do you think here? Yeah, they will yield on the on the ground. They've allowed 4.7 yards per carry to opposing running backs and 10 rushing touchdowns this year. So you would think Sony Michelle would be in line for a great game. But just five carries last week, 10 or fewer carries in four of his last five hasn't scored since week seven there's no way that you can risk putting sony michelle in your lineup with that said this is probably the game where they give it to him 30 times <laughs> right, and he gets it's 150 the right. yeah yeah but you can't risk that so he's on the bench james white on the other hand he is in your lineup over the last couple of games 13 catches on 18 targets 33 total touches with two touchdowns so they have turned to james white over sony michelle which was a very wise move he is in the lineup therefore with a b grade against the cincinnati running defense tom brady i've got to put him on the bench the bengals are not as bad as you probably think against the pass only true. only two quarterbacks have thrown more than one touchdown against them since week four and of course we know brady's struggles one or zero passing touchdowns in six of his last eight he has nobody but julian edelman to throw to so i i can't risk it in the fantasy playoffs i've got brady on the bench edelman is an obvious a double digit targets in each of the last eight games at least 93 yards and three straight scored in two straight he's a target hog He's in your lineup with an A 
grade. No other receivers are worth noting. On the Bengals' side, almost nothing of note here. You're not starting anybody in the passing game. Andy Dalton, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Eifert, Alex Erickson, anybody else you can imagine are all on the bench. Only one quarterback has thrown more than one touchdown pass against the Patriots all year. They've only allowed three wide receiver touchdowns on the year. They're all on the bench. That brings us to Joe Mixon. God, it's got to hurt that Mixon saved his best effort for the year last week. 146 yards. He finally goes off in week 14 long after Mm -hmm. his fantasy owners were probably knocked out. But I've got him just as a C grade here because of the matchup. The Patriots have allowed just two running back touchdowns all year. That severely caps Mixon's upside even if he in the, he's probably going to get 20 to 25 touches, it's just going to be tough for him to do much for with those C grade. And that is it for this crummy matchup. That is a crummy matchup. Let's go to a – no, it's another crummy matchup. Eagles-Redskins. Uh, beginning with Jordan Howard shaping up as a game-time decision. It's an opportunity for him, though. Over the past five games, Washington is allowing the fifth most rushing yards. Aaron Jones just gashed the Redskins for eight yards per carry, and he'd likely get any goal line carries if the opportunity arises. If he does play here, I think he's a B-grade, not factoring in the injury and the chance of him having a setback, assuming that we're not going to happen with the shoulder injury. Um, yeah, I would. You know, I think a B grade is a safe one for Jordan Howard. If he gets, if he's going to play, then Miles Sanders goes back to being the guy that he was before, and that means all you're really getting is the pass catching from him, which is a bummer. Um, in the past two weeks, Washington has allowed exactly 58 receiving yards to Aaron Jones and 58 receiving yards to Christian McCaffrey, and I think that's the upside for Miles Sanders. The absolute upside just a c grade from him now if jordan howard doesn't go that will move miles sanders up to a b and boston scott as another running back was christian's take a chance on me running back so now let's go to the passing game where carson wentz is on the bench now i know he pulled off some magic at the end of the monday night game but it's this is a much more difficult matchup than it sounds like against an underrated Redskins pass defense, particularly if Quentin Dunbar, their star cornerback, plays. If he does not play, there's a lot of if-thens in this matchup, and I'm sorry. If Quentin Dunbar does not play, you can upgrade Carson Wentz to a C and make him startable. If he does play, then I'm, I'm benching Carson Wentz, in part because look what he's, he's got to do this without... Alshon Jeffrey, probably without Nelson Aguilar as a game-time decision, probably without tackle Lane Johnson as well. Now, in fact, Lane Johnson was ruled out, so he's not going to go. It's, it's just not enough weapons for Carson Wentz left here other than Zach Ertz, who gets an obvious A grade, although I will mo- note that he had a modest five catches for 54 yards in the first matchup between these teams. But there's just nobody left to throw to, and that's why you could also use Dallas Goddard as a dart throw because there's just not enough warm, carbon-based life forms playing at a receiving-eligible position <laughs> for the Eagles. And then on the Redskin side, not a lot to talk about here. I've got C grades on a couple of guys. Adrian Peterson will get almost all the work, but the matchup is very tough. Philadelphia's top 10 in yards and yards per carry allowed to opposing backs. Only two backs have topped 66 rushing yards against the Eagles, and Peterson hasn't cracked four yards per carry in three of his last four games. But he has scored in back-to-back games, and Philly's allowing one rushing touchdown per game over their last four games. So there's a chance for a touchdown for Adrian, and that's why I'm giving him a wobbly C grade. And speaking of speaking of running backs, if you're in a pure PPR league and you're, you need a dart throw, Chris Thompson caught seven passes in the first meeting. He caught seven passes last week. No Darius Geis, so maybe he can help you out with, uh, with a PPR effort from Chris Thompson. Lastly, receiver Terry McLaurin, I kind of like. He went bonkers in the season open. 
opener between these two teams, catching five passes for 125 yards and a touchdown when nobody except Scott Fish knew who Terry McLaurin was. <laughs> but that was under Case Keenum, who's a far more functional quarterback than Dwayne Haskins. The Eagles have been rocked by wide receivers in the past couple of games, giving up mammoth games to another rookie, Darius Slayton, and Devontae Parker, fifth-year rookie, as I like to think of him. Um, so maybe there's a little something you can get done for Terry McLaurin, and I've got a C grade on him in this matchup. Last uh, matchup for this segment, Miami taking on the New York Giants. Um, I don't think there's a lot to like in the Miami side. You already identified Scott Patrick Laird as your yeah. chance of me running back. Yeah, I would like, uh, in the passing game, I'd like Kaseki more if he didn't put up that one-for-six clunker last week. If Hearns hasn't been battling knee and ankle issues, like he's been he's been okay, like dart throw. No, I'm not into But Parker, out of protocol, practicing, looks like he's going to play. That would be which, very helpful. Which made me bump everybody benched to uh, Fitzpatrick getting a C and yeah. and Parker getting a very strong B. Hmm. Uh, the Giants have allowed uh, 10 wide receiver touchdowns the last six games, 18 on the year, which is really bad. Hmm. And uh, uh, for Fitzpatrick, 300 or more, 300 yards and or multiple touchdowns since week seven uh, when he took over. And the Giants, six straight, have scored uh, a touchdown against them and averaged in the high High 200, so a C grade on Fitzpatrick. Over on the other side, Eli Manning, I gave a C grade because the matchup is amazing, but he's also Eli Manning. Yes. So the floor is there. I thought Eli looked okay. He did. He looked spry. I thought he did. <laughs> I think that was your word, looked mm-hmm. spry. Uh, Darius Slayton, I, I'm giving an A grade, too. He's just been really, really good, and he had good chemistry with Eli on Monday night. Miami has allowed nine wide receiver touchdowns in just the last four weeks, including an average of nearly nine catches and over 134 yards per game to the top receiver. Mm. Um, all four of those top receivers in, in those four games, they scored. Uh, Slayton also wow. has three multi-touchdown games this season, which is pretty good. All right. um, giving Shepard a C grade, uh, he's seen seven targets every game. He's, the yardage isn't there, but uh, with uh, last week with Eli, Tate only got one catch. Shepard Shepard right. got the attention. Don't you think Shepard is a sneaky upside play this week? Yeah, the Dolphins have allowed two different wide receivers to score in six different games this right. season. Right. So uh, I have everybody's, a C grade on Shepard. Everybody's Shepherd. looking at Darius Slayton, and I like Slayton better. Yeah. Than Shepard too, yeah. But Shepard gets enough work to have the yeah. big game yeah. that's coming against the Dolphins. He's a good amount of targets. Yeah, uh, I do have Smith, Caden Smith, the tight end on the bench, even though Evan Ingram is out. Uh, and I, I am, I'm still giving Barkley an A. I trust in this matchup. Mm. I think this is a bounce mm. back spot for Barkley. I know he hasn't topped 85 rushing yards since week two. I know he's only averaging 31 receiving yards a game, which normally is good for a running back, but for Barkley it just seems bad. It does. Uh, but every back that is top 13. Top Touches had at least 75 total yards against the Dolphins, and Barkley's going to smash that out of the water. So, yeah. A grade on him. Now, I know that I think I said that that was going to be our last matchup of this segment. I think we have time to sneak in one more. Seattle taking on Carolina, Christian, and with Rashad Penny out. Here comes Chris Carson <laughs> against, I think, the second worst run defense in the NFL. Jaguars, the worst. Panthers, second worst. Do you love Chris Carson as much as I do? Oh, absolutely. I see you have him as your number one running back of the week. Yes. And I don't disagree. The Carolina has allowed 21 running back rushing scores. Mm. That's seven more than the next closest team. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. In the last nine games alone, they've given up 19 running back touchdowns. It's staggering. 
And they've allowed at least 152 combined rushing and receiving yards to opposing backfields in six of, the, six of their last seven. Unreal. You mentioned no Rashad Penny. Yeah, Carson is an easy A here. Let's go to the passing game. Russell Wilson, man, he has been struggling over the last month or so, but the Carolina is bad against the pass as well. Six of the last eight, last eight passers they've faced topped 300 yards. Five of those also accounted for at least two touchdowns. So a big bounce back spot here for Russell Wilson. I've got him with an A. Let's give Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both B grades. Lockett is the more interesting one. Of course, he's been struggling over the last month or so. Pete Carroll said claims that Lockett is finally full strength. He battled the injury for a little while and then illness. illness. Yep. They finally said he's full strength, so I'm taking his word for it. This is one of those high upside type plays Mm -hmm. where if you're chasing a Lamar Jackson, I think you throw Tyler Lockett into the lineup here. Um, Panthers, not very good against opposing wide receivers. They've allowed the most receptions and the third most yards to opposing receivers, so the the matchup is right. DK Metcalf, he is in as well. He's emerged as Wilson's primary wide receiver, at least six targets in five straight, at least six catches in four or five, so he's an easy start as well. Let's go to the other side of this matchup where I've got a lot of starters here as well. Kyle Allen was my take a chance on me quarterback. That of course brings DJ Moore into play. For sure. In their last nine games Seattle has let six different wide receivers go for at least 98 yards and they've allowed six wide receiver touchdowns in the last five games. And one of them might have been Laquan Treadwell. That's right. And uh, yeah, so DJ Moore, I've got an A grade on here. Curtis Samuel, he's on the bench. He has been for weeks. Nothing yeah. to, nothing changes that here. Ian Thomas, you might even think about. This is a good matchup. Yeah. Seattle. Love it. Has allowed the second most tight end receptions and yards and the seventh most tight end touchdowns. Behind Arizona, they might be the easiest. Over the, over the last month, they defense. are the worst over the last month. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Ian Thomas, with Greg Olson ruled out again with the concussion. So Ian Thomas, pick him up off the waiver wire if you need a tight end. I've got a B grade here. And, of course, Christian McCaffrey is an A grade. He hasn't scored in two weeks. Wow. Drought. <laughs> drought. 38 receptions, though, Sabotage in the last drop. four games. Yeah. You, don't need, <laughs> yeah. you don't need me to say anything more about yep. Christian McCaffrey. An easy A grade there. It's becoming impossible to consider anybody else but Lamar Jackson with the first overall pick next year in your drafts, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, you can, make, you can go around and make a case for other guys. I think the only people that will ultimately not – consider Lamar Jackson at the first is because they can't consider any reality that isn't a running back with the first overall pick. Even though with Lamar Jackson, you're getting half a running back. I got something fun for you. Yeah. He has seven games over 30 fantasy points. There's only about 15 quarterbacks that have even done that in NFL history. Once or seven times? Seven Seven times. Seven times. times. He's he's already got more than. You mean in their careers? In their careers. careers. Oh, jeez. He's done it it so far in his career. Yep. Guys like Cunningham had eight. Marino had nine. Yeah, it's He's got seven already. Yeah. The other reason he's going to go first and as as often as he will, there's 11 owners in your league that are so bummed out that they They don't have him. him. They're not going to let him get by them at the first pick. Absolutely. That's why Lamar Jackson will go first. When we come back, we'll answer three tough questions. You can play along. See if you can go 3-0 on Fantasy Football Weekly. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchin from Fanball.com, my co-host Scott Fish and Christian Peterson. Hello. Hi. Let's roll up our sleeves with three tough questions. You're going to have to uh, 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 pat your brow from the the sweat that's going to come from these tough questions. Tough question number one. Can we just drop Sony Walkman? Christian, <laughs> I say yes. I mean, I just talked about it in the, in the previous segment in the in the Patriots matchup. If you were holding him on, holding on to him for anything, it was this Cincinnati matchup this week. They get Buffalo next week. You're definitely not starting him there. And like I mentioned in that matchup, there's a chance they suddenly turn back to him for 25 carries in this game. But you can't risk that over what's happened in the previous five or six games. Ten carries or less in four of the last five, declining from 20 to 10 to five touches over the last three weeks. You can't risk him now. You're not playing him against Buffalo next week. Drop him. All right. Scott. 100% correct. I, I had basically the same stuff. Do you know how many snaps he played? Not touches, snaps last week. Well, I know he only had six touches. Nine snaps. <laughs> Wait, how many? He was on the nine field nine times. times. Nine times. I, you know, it's and you're right that it's it's Belichick, so anything could yeah. happen, but he's trended that, towards negative fewer <laughs> and fewer touches and snaps in three straight weeks. Bill Belichick's finally figured out what we've been telling you all year. Sony Michelle's awful yeah. at the running back position. He, he did, I don't even think Maybe he forced he a missed snap. tackle till halfway through the season. You're right. I don't think he did have a. I don't think he had a registered missed tackle. Three of his six October. touchdowns in one game. Yeah, it's it's a disaster for a touchdown dependent guy. He hasn't scored in six games. Yeah, his fantasy ranking in each of the last six weeks 
he ranked as running back 33, running back 44, running back 48, running back 21, running back 43, and running back 66. That's terrible. It's really bad. I mean, he has absolutely harpooned your season, and you can drop him outright. That wasn't very tough. Tough question (laughs) number two. Next year, will Austin Eckler be a top 10 fantasy running back? Scott. Let's say he leads the running backs in in yards per touch. He's proven he's exceptional in the passing game. He was RB2 the first four weeks with uh, Gordon out. Mm -hmm. He's still RB7 since Gordon has been been playing. Uh, His 73 receptions for 830 yards and eight touchdowns at receiver alone would put him at wide receiver 13. Not not counting his running back numbers. That's wide receiver 13 just good. with his receiving numbers. Mm-hmm. I say yes. All right. Christian. Yeah, I agree. To uh, to pile on to the receiving numbers, his eight receiving touchdowns are as many as Mike Evans and Amari Cooper and more than DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas. So that's the, the rarefied air he's in just with his receiving. We know Gordon's not coming back next year to San Diego, right? That, 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 that seems like yeah, seems he'll like be a it. buccaneer. So you look at next year, you're, you've got... These are the these are the ones I wrote down within the top ten. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb. So, somewhere in the Fournette Jones area here at like five or six is where I start to think about Austin Eckler for next year. So I yes, absolutely. I think he's a top ten back next year. He's a top five back next year. Could be. I think there's only four guys that right now I can safely say I believe I will have ahead of Austin Eckler in my 2020 preseason cheat sheet. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and the thing about Derrick Henry is he doesn't catch anything. You know, in in pure PPR leagues, he might not be in the top five. And then Saquon Barkley. I'll, I'll grant those four ahead of Austin Eckler. I think everybody else is up for debate based on what Zeke has done this year. Based on, I like what Josh Jacobs has done, but I don't know that he's inside there. Chubb, Leonard Fournette, I think it's Eckler. Top five. I really, it, not that tough of a question either. I should have written it harder. I should have asked if he's a top five. You should maybe have. a top that seven. Would have been tough. Three middle-of-the-road questions. I know. <laughs> tough question we'll make it number right three. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I asked if Rashad Penny was going to be this year's Ron Dane, an out-of-the-blue player who powers teams through the playoffs. Is that player actually Raheem Mostert? Christian. Ultimately, I'm going to say no here. Uh, it sure looks promising for him over the last couple of games. He, he has emerged as the number one back in that backfield, mm-hmm. but Tevin Coleman and Matt Breda are still involved. And what I came to, well, and I looked at the next couple of matchups, Atlanta this week, they're not quite as bad as you think against the run. They allow about four yards per carry, 10 running back touchdowns all year. The Rams in Week 16, they're pretty similar. So the matchups are not cupcake matchups. And then I looked back, and it felt like through various times throughout this year, we could have said the same thing about Tevin Coleman. Like, Tevin Coleman has grabbed this backfield. He's, you know, after he had a couple of big games. Or Matt Breda early in the year had a couple of streaks just like that. But inevitably, Kyle Shanahan just goes with the hot hand. So I think that the, the, the idea that there's potential that one of these other guys could get the hot hand in one of the next two weeks means Mostert is the guy that I would bet on, but I don't think he's going to be. All right, Does that not, make sense? I, I, so no is the answer. Okay. <laughs> Scott? I'll make it short and easy for is, you. Is Raheem Mostert this year's Ron Dane? 
I like that you had to rephrase the question after It, it had been a while, <laughs> so I want to refresh people's memory on the question. Uh, I'm going to go with yes. Uh, among running backs with at least 100 touches, he's top three in yards per carry, mm-hmm. yards per reception, and obviously yards per touch. Mm-hmm. He's hyper-efficient, averaging six to seven yards per Per, for each of those. Uh, if the 49ers continue to feature him, which I think they will because you mentioned riding, riding the hot hand, no one's hotter right now for that backfield. Uh, it doesn't matter who the matchup Until is. Until the next game. The 49ers yeah. <laughs> can drive on anyone, so I don't even care who the matchup is. I think it's more about usage, and I think he gets it. Um, last week, first round of the playoffs, two touchdowns, 109 yards for Raheem Mostert. So we'll check one of our three weeks, right? To, to be the Ron Dane of the playoffs, you need to be able to, to house three games. That one, we got one, one's already in the bank. The past two weeks, he's gotten 75% of the snaps and 60% of the snaps. That's more than anyone, any other running back has had in consecutive weeks. There is a shift happening with Kyle Shanahan where he just can't take Raheem Mostert off the field. This week, He's inside my top 10 in my rankings at running back. It's a great, it's, he's got an A grade for me against Atlanta. Next week, it's a tougher matchup with the Rams, but to Scott's point, he's really good, and this team still runs the ball the second most of any team in the NFL. So he's going to get his work. He's averaging six yards per carry over the last three games. He's averaging seven and a half yards per carry. Raheem Mostert is, in fact, Ron this Dane. year's Ron Dane. Just with a different jersey. That's all it is. <laughs> and also, he's functional. Very similar styles between those There really two. isn't. There's only one Ron Dane uh, rolling down the field. We're going to work in a matchup, maybe two, into this segment, beginning with Minnesota taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. I want to start with Dalvin Cook here. He's still scoring touchdowns, which is great, but he hasn't topped four yards per carry in five straight games. Hmm. He hasn't had a run go longer than nine yards in three weeks. Dalvin Cook, what happened? After a shaky start to the season, the Chargers' run defense has been great over the last month. They locked down Leo Fournette, Philip Lindsay, Aaron Jones. There is a chance Alexander Madison does not play in this game. In fact, I think it's a probability that he does not play in this game. So that could add an extra five, maybe more touches to Dalvin Cook's total. So I've just I've got to be great on Dalvin Cook. I'm I am a little bit nervous about him here now. Adam Thielen is expected back. Let's talk about the effect there. Now, he said he would not return unless he was 100%. So I'm going to presume he's 100% if he's, he's playing. He's completely he's off, off injury He's reports. off the injury report, right. So it, I don't should not have to sweat him having a relapse here. I better not. Do you have to sweat Rust getting kicked off? I hope not. In the six full games Thielen has played this year, he has scored six times. He's got a difficult matchup in the slot against cornerback Desmond King. King is very, very fast, but he doesn't have precision footwork. He can just, and he, and he does periodically give up some cushion, which he makes up with his speed. But I think there's an opportunity for Thielen here. That said, do they immediately go back to the full workload for Thielen in his first game back? I don't know. So I've just got the C grade on Adam Thielen. I'm nervous about it. Let's go to Stefan Diggs. He gets a bad matchup with Casey Hayward, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. That's generally a death sentence for most receivers. In recent weeks, Hayward has neutralized Tyreek Hill, Tyro Williams, Devontae Adams, and Allen Robinson. Those are some good receivers. Hayward has allowed 45 yards or less in his coverage in every game but one. Only Corton Sutton Sutton, all year long has hit him hard, who had a two-touchdown game against him. That's it. Now, 
The upside for Diggs, though, his two best performances of the year came against very good cornerbacks, Chris Harris and Darius Slay. So, yeah, maybe uh, maybe there's something here for Diggs, but I've just got a C grade on him. And if I've got C grades on Diggs and Thielen, you can imagine I've got a C grade on Kirk Cousins with a, this secondary, which now has oh, its safeties back, Derwin James and Adrian Phillips. Chargers just plain look very tough. And the last three quarterbacks to face the Chargers have thrown for 162 yards, 134 yards, and 182 yards. That's it. So just the C grade on Kirk Cousins in this game. And staying with the passing offense, uh, Kyle Rudolph's on the bench because he was invisible before Adam Thielen's injury. So assuming Thielen does, in fact, come back as expected, I got to worry that that, uh, Kyle Rudolph goes back to being invisible like he was before. So uh, that wraps up the Vikings side. Let's talk about the Chargers side. Earlier you heard us talking about our my our collective love of Austin Eckler. He's got an A grade in this one. He was supposed to wither and die once Melvin Gordon came back. That didn't work out at all. He's been great basically in every game. Tricky matchup here in this respect, though. No back has caught more than four balls against Minnesota, and only one has topped 34 receiving yards against the Vikings. They've been arguably the NFL's best defense against pass-catching backs. Minnesota's run defense notably worse on the ground. They're giving up 111 rushing yards in road games. So maybe Eckler chips in You know, some good, decent percentage of help on on the ground as well, and I've still got an A grade on Austin Eckler because he seems to be good every week. Melvin Gordon, just uh, the B grade, as I mentioned. Vikings are worse on the ground, on the road. They're big rushing games. The Vikings have allowed, have all been on the road. Aaron Jones on the road. Damian Williams on the road. The Seattle Seahawks backs on the road, all with big games against the Vikings, and about the only ones with big games against the Vikings. And Melvin Gordon rock solid lately over his past five games, averaging 20 touches for 105 yards and almost a touchdown per game. Let's go to the passing offense. Phillip Rivers gets a B grade. He toyed with the Jacksonville secondary last week, posting his best fantasy game of the year. Now, the Vikings should offer another strong game for Rivers. The uh, Only the touchdown-resistant Redskins have failed to throw a passing touchdown against Minnesota. And I like his wide receivers' matchups, and let's talk about them right now. Keenan Allen with a B grade. He's scored twice in his last three games. He's uh, got a 74-yard average over those three games, and I think he gets about that against uh, the sagging Vikings secondary. Over the last five weeks they've surrendered the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers allen lines up against mckenzie alexander in the slot who yielded has yielded two scores in his last four games and the vikings have given up big games to other slot receivers like danny amendola and tyree kill and randall cobb so be great for keenan allen and lastly well actually second second to lastly uh Mike Williams. Penultimately. Penultimately, Mike Williams, who will face cornerback Trey Waynes in coverage, who's yielded four scores in his last seven starts. Williams also has four inches and 30 pounds on Waynes, which is an advantage. As always, Mike Williams is always a boomer bust guy, so we're back to the Lamar Jackson card. You could play him if you're, if you're playing against Lamar Jackson and hope that this is one of the boom games for Mike Williams. Hunter Henrys, you're going to start every week anyway, but a B grade here. I'll note the Vikings have given up a lot of receptions and yards to running backs, but only one touchdown all year. Um, let's uh, let's take a break. When uh, when we come back, I want to talk about the Jacksonville Oakland matchup. Leonard Fournette has been a factor. Hmm, is this a one of the really big games for him? Can we get a rare touchdown? You'll find out. Also, you can play the Crush Charts Championship for free at Fanball.com. When you assemble a better salary cap roster than mine, you get a shot at this week's prize pool of $1,000. It Again, that is free. Go to Fanball.com slash charge. 
for your chance to play against me in the Crush Charge Championship. And remember, if you beat me this week, you get an entry into our Week 17 Championship where you'll battle me for the $10,000 prize pool. Again, fanball.com slash charge. Back in moments for Fantasy Football Weekly. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Football Weekly returns, and we're diving back into the matchups. But first, did you know you can play a super flex salary cap at fanball.com? Was that the time machine? That was. It's good to have the time machine back. We haven't had it since premature speculation, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Um, you can play super flex salary cap at fanball.com. If you love starting two quarterbacks, go to fanball.com. Uh, Jacksonville takes on Oakland, Scott. And no DJ Chark in this game. What do you think about the other receivers for the Jaguars? Sure, I'll start with uh, their leading receiver, Leo Fournette, who has 68 wow. receptions. <laughs> How about that? One more than DJ Chark on the season. Unbelievable. 19th in the NFL in receptions. Leo at, Fournette. At all positions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's insane. I never me. saw that coming, but I also didn't see him playing 14 straight games. Yeah, I have an A grade on Fournette because he's healthy. We thought in the preseason, Belkow, he, if he stays healthy, he's a 22-23 touch-a-game guy. Mm. Now he gets a defense in the Oakland Raiders who have allowed five running back touchdowns in just the last two weeks. You teased it before the break. Maybe he gets that elusive touchdown. In that would be one. nice, yes. A grade for Leonard Fournette in the passing game. Without Chark, I love D.D. Westbrook this week. I have a B grade on him. He's getting a juicy matchup with Marcus Joyner in the slot. He's averaging 
averaging nearly seven catches per game over the last three. Hmm. And DJ Chark's eight targets per game, they're available. Yeah, for so sure. DD can get some of those. Uh, what do you think of Chris Conley? You're the Chris Conley expert in this I am, room. I am the Chris Conley expert. We have correctly predicted all five times you should play Chris Conley. you got to pick your spots. Uh-huh. This is one of them. This is one of them. Now, Bradbury will not bother to take Chris Conley. That gives him the easiest matchup on the field. Right. Conley's all about the cheap, deep speed, and yep. that's a possibility here. I like I like the prospects of, uh, of, uh, of, a, of a decent game here uh, for Chris Conley. Yeah, so I'm going to give him a C grade. Okay. Starting C grade. I think he's my 34th ranked wide receiver this week. Very nice. Very nice. You, he's the kind of guy you recommend for someone going up against Lamar Jackson, perhaps. Well, I don't, man, I don't that's know. That's tough. Con- I don't know that he's, I don't think he's got like a two touchdown, 100 yard game. Uh, Conley's still floor, Chris Conley. Conley's floor is, is like underground. His floor is so low. It, it is extremely <laughs> that's low. That's the problem. Yeah. Now, Robbie Anderson was built a little bit like him against Oakland. Two, three games ago, had a very big game. Okay. So maybe there's, you know, there might be a little something. That's a lot of Chris Conley talk. That's a lot. That's too much. Gardner Minshew, Raiders are bottom six against every position in fantasy this year. So that's good for Fournette. That's good for the passing <laughs> game. Uh, Minshew has failed to throw for more than 215 yards in five of his nine complete games. But he's got some opportunity here as Ryan Finley is the only QB to fail to throw a touchdown pass against the Raiders. Nine of the 10 had multiple touchdowns. Yeah. So I like Minshew with a B here. On the other side, <sighs> Jacobs, I'm giving an A if he goes because mm. he's just in a smash spot. As you mentioned with your take a chance on me player, Washington can even be <laughs> really decent in this matchup, even if Jacobs goes. Uh, the Jags have allowed five backs. Well, you mentioned it in the take home. I don't need to go over it. No. Uh, the passing game, I don't love it, though. I'm starting, I'm starting Waller. I'm giving him a B grade because the Jags are giving up tight end touchdowns left and right, including two last week. Mm. But the other guys, no. Uh, the Jags are allowing the fourth fewest passing attempts. Carr has only thrown more than 34 passing attempts once this year. Um, I expect a low volume, lots of running games, so the rest of the passing game's on the bench. Yeah, I'd watch Moreau's going to s- steal a tight Moreau has five touchdowns on the season. Waller has two, I believe. I know. That's my It's the top right of my there. head guess, right? Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure I that's what that's it is. Very, I bet that's very close. Cleveland takes on Arizona Christian. I already talked about Baker Mayfield as my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. You, I, I, in, in that discussion earlier, I mentioned the great matchups that I think he's got all around the field. Uh, this is your chance to elucidate those matchups. Yeah, well, I mean, you you mentioned Jarvis Landry in particular against slot receivers yes. against Arizona. It's pretty ridiculous. I mean, any slot receiver, you can go back and look at their game log. They've all erupted against them. Tyler Boyd, 123 yards and a touchdown. Mm. Chris Godwin, 6 for 74. Cooper Cup, 65 yards and a touchdown. Michael Thomas spends quite a bit of time in the slot, 112 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. I've got an A grade on Jarvis Landry here in this matchup, specifically out of the slot. Odell Beckham, June Junior is a little bit of a tougher call here. Well, or maybe not. He might just he might just be a bench. I gave him a C level starting grade, but things have not gone well for him. We learned, of course, a week ago that it's he's been battling through an injury, so maybe that explains part of it. Mm-hmm. He'll draw Patrick Peterson in this matchup, who hasn't been the Patrick Peterson of old. But 
Uh, I don't know how you trust Odell Beckham at this point, even even in a cupcake matchup against a bad secondary. So right. just a C-level starting grade on him. Of course, we all know by this point that whatever tight end you have facing the Cardinals is in the lineup. So that brings David Njoku into focus here. I gave him just a B-level grade because he'd been on IR all year until last week. Yep, but that was... Returned and did yep. almost nothing. Right, but that was knock the rust off game for David Njoku. This is going to be the rustless game for David Njoku. I think you're right. I think you got to put him you got to put him in your lineup. The mass, matchup can't possibly get any better. So, I gave him a B grade, uh maybe maybe even an A here. And the mm. rushing game, Nick Chubb just a B now because he's giving up too much uh too much attention to Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt has stolen three touchdowns in the last 3 weeks. He's taking all the receptions. So, Chubb is going to get 15 to 20 carries and probably close to 100 yards, but the receptions are not going to be there. Hmm. The touchdown may not be there. So right. just a B for Chubb. Kareem Hunt, I gave a C grade. That's he's, it. He's in the 10, 12 touch range, and he needs, so he kind of needs the touchdown in order he, to be relevant. He's been getting the touchdowns. He's been getting Three the touchdowns. Games with yeah. touchdowns. Let's call it a B. Let's Thank call you. it a B. And, and the matchup is Arizona is, is not nearly as bad against the run as they are against the pass, but they're nothing special. So B's to uh, both members of the, uh, of the backfield there. On the Cardinals side, Kyler Murray. He's been really struggling, just 194 passing yards or less in three straight games. He's stayed afloat with rushing scores in two of the last three. That's a good thing against Cleveland because they've yielded three rushing touchdowns this year. Their, their secondary is pretty decent, though, so it's it's going to be another limited day in the passing game, mm-hmm. so you're going to need to count on that rushing touchdown. I have a B grade on Murray. Christian Kirk is just barely in here with a C grade. Heavily targeted, but doing nothing with those. He scored in only one game all year, despite eight and a, eight and a half targets uh, per game over the last month, so he's going to get the attention. I just don't. I just. I can't count on him to do much with it. Larry Fitzgerald Pl- hasn't topped fifty-six yards since week six, and just one touchdown in that span. So he's on the bench. Scott, no, nope. All right, uh, let's move to the running game. Kenyon Drake has taken over this backfield. Fourteen touches last week to just five for David Johnson, but he hasn't scored since week nine. The Browns just gave up 186 combined rushing and receiving yards to Joe Mixon last week. So there is some upside here, but you never know. Uh, You know, they could turn back to David Johnson at any time because Drake really hasn't been that good. He's getting the touches. He just hasn't been that good. And David Johnson is on your bench. Yeah, receiving touchdown last week, but just 11 touches in the last two games. He's on the bench. All right, final matchup of this segment. Rams taking on the Cowboys with 20 touches in back-to-back games. Look who's turned into a bell cow. <laughs> it's Todd Gurley. Now, they were saving Gurley for the end of the year. Yep. Well, they're trying to make the playoffs in December. They're not in. they got to use him now. And that's exactly what Sean McVay is doing. They used him so lightly all season so they could use him when they had to have him at the end of the year. They've got to have him now. So I think he, he continues to have a lot of carries. Tough matchup, though. Dallas has allowed just four scores and no 100-yard games to opposing backs in their last half season of games. Last eight, only four scores and no 100-yard games. Now, if Leighton Vander Esch misses his fourth consecutive game, I like him a lot more. And, you know, we, he's, I've got a B grade on him right now. I'll move Todd Gurley to an A grade if Leighton Vander Esch is out. Let's talk about the passing game. Jared Goff with a B grade here. He's playing the best ball of his season, and I think that's in part because Todd Gurley's getting a lot of work. They're back to the formula that has proven successful for Jared Goff in the past, which is, frankly, keeping the ball in Todd Gurley's hands as much as possible. Now, 
Goff looks strong. He looks confident. He's had two touchdowns in back-to-back games, which for him is very good. He's got some decent matchups out there. Cooper Cup faces off against Jordan Lewis, who's allowed touchdowns in consecutive games. I like that part. And Cooper Cup gets a B grade in this game. Now, he, the worry on Cup is he only played on 32% of the snaps last week, and I have no idea why his snap count would have been so low. But over the last five games, Cup is averaging four catches, 40 yards per game. Those aren't great numbers either. It's a favorable matchup against Lewis, who I mentioned. Uh, Cole Beasley just put up a good game on him a couple of weeks ago. So it's a B grade on Cooper Cup, a B grade on Robert Woods, who's surging lately. Over the last four games, he's got at least six catches and 95 yards. He's averaging nearly 12 targets per game. Woods may be able to keep his hot streak intact against a Cowboys secondary that over the last four games has allowed seven receiver scores. And Brandon Cooks totally dead to us Uh, it's a remarkable fall for brandon cooks the concussions is one topic but how you can be back for three weeks and get thrown to like once a game after that i don't understand so brandon cooks he's not even rostered in most leagues at this point let's go to the dallas side Dak Prescott gets a C grade. The best thing going for Dak Prescott in this one is volume, and he's thrown the ball 46 times or more in four of the past five games. But since the Jalen Ramsey trade, the Rams secondary has been excellent, allowing just 223 yards per game, just 1.3 touchdowns per game. That's it. And if you throw out Lamar Jackson's insane game, the Rams are down to allowing just 0.6 passing touchdowns in the Ramsey era. Those are very... Very daunting numbers for Dak Prescott, and that's why he's only a C, and that's why Amari Cooper is just a B. He's posted over 80 yards in back-to-back games despite his knee injury, and he's had difficult matchups against Tredavious White and Kyle Fuller. Uh, now Cooper's got to deal with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, he's averaging less than 30 yards per game in his coverage. Hasn't given up a touchdown since the trade to L.A. So just a B grade on Cooper, and honestly, it, I, I could we could call him a C grade, really. Michael Gallup, also a B grade. In the last four games, Gallup's actually outproducing Amari Cooper, averaging 94 yards and nine targets per game, in part because Cooper keeps drawing these great number one cornerbacks, and the path of least resistance is just playing through Gallup. We could see uh, we could see it go that way here, and I, I think Gallup is is potentially the more startable of the two of them, and a B grade on Michael Gallup. That only leaves us with Ezekiel Elliott, a B grade. He's almost always finds his way to a good game. Um, he's had just one dot all year. But this matchup is incredibly tricky, and I do not see explosive output coming for him against the Rams. Only one back has topped 76 yards since way back in Week 5 against L.A. The Rams have allowed one rushing touchdown since Week 6. Zeke usually salvages his floor a little bit through his receiving work, but the Rams haven't allowed a back to top 35 receiving yards since the opener. You know, and not only that, but there is some quit to these Cowboys. Just as an intangible aside for all of these Cowboys, there's some quit to this team. And I have some worry that this thing could be a grade A dud and the Rams could roll this team just like they did last week. I could see it. I could too. We'll take a break. Final break of the show on our final set of matchups. And that includes the Monday Nighter, Indianapolis coming up against New Orleans. We'll tell you what to do with all of your Saints. And if you dare start, um, uh, Alvin Kamara. What a disaster season it's been. If you've still hobbled your way into the semifinals, can you start Alvin Kamara here? We'll tell you in our final set of matchups in Fantasy Football Weekly coming up next.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. We've got plenty of matchups to get to, including the Sunday Nighter and the Monday Nighter. But first, Atlanta taking on San Francisco. Scott, last week at this time, and take a chance on me, we told you to start. Devonta Freeman, we called his first rushing touchdown in two years. Yeah. How about that? We got it right. Pretty impressive. Any chance he makes it two in a row for rushing touchdowns for Devonta Freeman here against the Niners? I don't think so. Against the 49ers, over the last five weeks, teams are running the ball fewer than 15 total times per game Man. against the, the 49ers. Uh, they've also only allowed three running back touchdowns all year. I think this is a game where Atlanta falls behind and they let uh, Ryan throw it 40-plus times, which uh, mm-hmm. a feat he's done uh, most of his games. Uh, seven of his ten full games, he's thrown it over 40 times. I think this is another one. By the way, Devonta Freeman, 3.6 yards per carry this year. Oh, gross. He's, yeah. I think he's done. Yeah, he, he might be done. Uh, Matt Ryan, though, uh, man, super crazy consistent year for him. He's played ten full complete games, ten, ten full games. Okay. He has gone for oh, for 300-plus yards in nine of them. The one he didn't, he threw for multiple scores. In fact, he had multiple scores in eight of the ten full games. Mm, not so, bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the most passing yards the 49ers have allowed at home is 232 yards. Um, 
but in the last 10 games, only one QB has hit 300, and only three have had multiple touchdowns. So that's the bad side on Ryan. That's his floor. Like I said, I think he throws it 40-plus times, which he's been doing a lot this season, so I still give him a B. Uh, Julio Jones, I'm giving a B. I think he'll see added coverage, uh, but Ryan will still keep chucking him the ball. The last three wide receivers to get double-digit targets, which I think Julio gets, averaged eight catches, and all three had at least 70 yards or scored. Uh, I think that's well within the range for Julio here. And we should mention Richard Sherman. There's a good chance he does not play yeah. with his hamstring injury. That's a huge loss. Pass rusher D Ford. We don't know if he's going to go. Another cornerback, Quan, uh, Quan Alexander's Quan Williams. Quan Williams is. I don't. Have they actually ruled him out already? He's got. The, he's trying to work through the concussion protocol. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. So there's all kinds of moving parts in this San Francisco defense that yeah. does give Matt Ryan and Julio Jones an opportunity, even with Calvin Ridley out. Yep. So uh, Russell Gage. I, I'm a fan of Russell Gage, but his yards per catch is so low that if he doesn't score, he's nothing. And with Hooper probably back here, uh, I'm giving I'm giving Hooper the grade, and Gage is sitting on my bench. I'm giving Hooper an A grade because he was a stud before the injury. Mm-hmm. And since Week 10, four different tight ends have scored a total of five touchdowns and three top 50 yards against wow. the 49ers. Yeah. On the other side, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, he still efficiently has multiple touchdowns in five of his last seven. In the in that span, and, and this is crazy. In that span, he is averaging 275 yards per game. It's really weird, but that lines up perfectly when Emmanuel Sanders joined the team. <laughs> Funny how that goes. Yes, it's, it's just crazy. Before that, he was averaging 220 yards per game and had six touchdowns in six games. Only one QB since the Falcons' Week Nine bye has thrown for multiple touchdowns against the Falcons. However, four of six did throw for 287 or more. They may not lean to need to lean on Garoppolo as much this week, so. I'm giving him a B grade instead of an A. You know, I think there's a temptation for most of us to think that a great quarterback should be able to instill greatness in his receivers. Uh And we never think about it the other way around. Right. Like you can put Emmanuel Sanders on the 49ers and suddenly Jimmy Garoppolo goes from a middling fantasy producer into a very good one and a pretty reliable one. And that's really what's happened. You know, you can only do so much when your receivers stink. Look at Carson Wentz, who I think is still a very good quarterback and just there's just no help at the receiver position. This, yeah. is a, this is a great point. It was a great trade for the Niners. Think about that. He had six touchdowns in the first six games and 18 in the last seven since yeah, Sanders. Amazing change. Uh, they may not. Uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, two straight games leading the team in targets back to full health. I got a B grade on him. I did my take a chance on me player with Debo Samuel. I think this yeah. offense is going to roll pretty well. Kittle is a, an obvious A grade. It's not just obvious, but it's a good matchup. Uh, Mostert, we've talked about Mostert a lot here. We have Raheem already. must start. I, I don't think I'll go through the stats again, except for 11 backs have... Uh, 11 backs have uh, had 15 touches against the Falcons. They averaged 99.9 yards and 11 of the or in 11 scores. All right, we'll take that. That's he's, 100 yards and a score. He's right, Church's man. number one running back each of the next two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So most it's going to hit that 15 touches. I, I love him in this game. I do too. And you can't start any of the other runners. They're no. all they're no. all just sort of in no. the mix a little bit. The Sunday night game is Buffalo taking on Pittsburgh. Christian, you know it's been a nice run for Josh Allen while he was playing a bunch of really yeah. easy defenses. This is not one of them. And well, for all yeah. of the talk about Mike Tomlin winning Coach of the Year, which I think it's 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 correct to have him in that conversation, most of it centers on him making do with a fourth-string quarterback. But the real story is the Pittsburgh defense that's been winning all these games. 
Yeah, that's right. I, I mean, and a bummer for the Josh Allen fantasy owners that were riding high with him all year long, only for him to fall flat last week with that 146 mm-hmm. yards and one touchdown. Yep. And you mentioned it, it's not going to get any easier here against Pittsburgh, a top 10 pass defense that's held eight of the last 10 quarterbacks they faced under 200 passing yards. They lead the NFL with 48 sacks. So I've got a just a barely C-level starting grade on Josh Allen here, and that's really only because of the threat that he poses on the ground. He's always a threat for a rushing touchdown. Uh, But you almost certainly have a better option than Josh Allen this Mm -hmm. week. Uh, I've got John Brown on the bench. Uh, He hasn't caught more than three passes in the last three games, held under 40 yards in each one of those. Only one wide receiver has topped 100 yards against the Steelers all year, and only three have registered more than six catches. So Brown is on the bench. Cole Beasley, I think, is the one way they're going to be able to move the ball through the air here. He was my take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver. Nothing to see at tight end with Dawson Knox. He is not fantasy relevant. On the ground, Devin Singletary. He has really emerged here. He's been the running back 16, 9, and 13 in the last three weeks. He's playing over 70% of the snaps. He's put Frank Gore in the rearview mirror. Pittsburgh is pretty solid against the run, though. They've held opposing running backs to 3.9 yards per carry. They haven't allowed a rushing touchdown since week five. Scott? You want an interesting stat on, uh, on my boy, Devin Singletary? Absolutely. He leads the NFL in rate of runs over 10 yards and over 20 yards. Wow. Yeah. So the percentage of his runs that go for over 10 there. or over 20. Mm-hmm. All right. I've got a B-level starting grade on Singletary just because it is a tough matchup. On the Steelers' side... Man, I searched high and wide for a starter in the passing game, and I couldn't find one. Duck Hodges no. is on the bench. No. He's an easy bench. Juju Smith-Schuster is out. officially out with that knee injury still. James Washington, Deontay Johnson, don't chase what he did last week in a very tough matchup. Only one wide receiver has topped 100 yards against the Bills this year, and only six have scored. The entire passing game is on the bench. That brings us to the running game where... James Conner is expected to return. This is a tricky start for owners right here. It kind of is because you don't know exactly how much run they're going to give him. You can run on the Bills, however. They allow nearly 4.6 yards per carry. However, kind of a bend-but-don't-break style. They've yielded just one running back touchdown in their last six games. Again, you would think Conner is going to be the bell cow here because Benny Snell was been pretty bad over the last couple of games. Jalen Samuels is injured. But, but can you make? Can you really make James Conner a bell cow anymore? Well, I mean, it, it, by that I mean he's probably you know he gets twelve to fifteen rushes and then is is highly involved in the receiving game. That's been the formula for him when he's had his big games this year. It has, but those are the games he gets hurt in. I mean, those, I just, that's you, the problem. I just, right? I just don't know that the Steelers can. They've got to know by now. That James Conner just isn't a workhorse. He just can't hold up to it that. Could be. I mean, he's he's all they've got to move the ball. So I'm sure they're tempted to give it to him 20 plus times. But like mm-hmm. you mentioned, you just you just can't trust him to stay healthy with that kind of workload. I've got a B starting grade on here again, just because I think he's going to be the only show in town. It's the only way they're going to be able to move the ball. All right. The Monday night game is Indianapolis taking on New Orleans. There's not a lot to talk about on the Indy side, frankly. Uh, let's start with the running game. Marlon Mack just gets a C. Um, the good news is over the last three games, the Saints have allowed 146 total yards and 1.3 touchdowns per game to opposing running backs. I would take 146 yards and 1.3 touchdowns from Marlon Mack. Sure. The problem is Marlon Mack's not going to get all that work. <laughs> In fact, he probably won't get even a fraction of that work. Last week, he was on the field 46% of the snaps. That's it. Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines and Jonathan Williams just pick at his usage to the point that I think Mack is just a C-grade start here. Next, 
Jack Doyle is the only other starter starting grade here. He bombed last week in an easy matchup. He's a boomer bust option this week because the Saints have conceded the third most red zone touches to tight ends, and they've surrendered three tight end touchdowns over the past five weeks alone. So I like Jack Doyle to bounce back with a B grade in this game. Mm, I like it. Jacoby Brissett, though, an early season Cinderella. Remember at one point, like week six, he was tied for the most passing touchdowns in the NFL. Yep. Then Hilton got hurt. And he has been brutal since then, to the point that Colts don't even know that he's going to be their starter next year. This thing is very much up in the air. Uh, total, he was If he was a Cinderella earlier, he's a pumpkin now. Um, <laughs> I like it. No T.Y. Hilton in this game either, so he's not startable. Zach Pascal was a start last week in a very easy matchup. This isn't one of them. He probably draws Marshawn Lattimore. Game over for Zach Pascal. Let's go to the Saints side. First, a quick, a quick uh, discussion of Alvin Kamara. Went off the board at position roughly two or three, depending on what what part of the season you're looking at, in fantasy drafts in August. In how many games has Alvin Kamara scored a touchdown? One. One game. In how many games has he had a 100-yard receiving game? Zero. Zero. In how many games has Alvin Kamara had a 100-yard rushing game? Zero. 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 Last week, the Saints put up 46 points, 465 yards of offense. They generated 28 first downs and scored six touchdowns. And Alvin Kamara had 25 rushing yards and 18 receiving yards. Yep. Total disaster. (laughs) Total disaster. Is it all injury related? I think most of it is. PFF did some uh, nice analysis on his elusiveness and acceleration before and after the high ankle sprain. He's not the same guy. You know, and that's just what his game was. And the ankle sprain has sapped that from him. They brought him back too soon, I believe. And he should have rested longer. So Alvin Kamara just gets a C grade here. Indianapolis has allowed the third fewest touchdowns to opposing backs. Just four to non-Derek Henry named runners all season. Uh, Kamara probably doesn't help through the air either. Colts haven't allowed a receiving touchdown to a runner since the opener, and only two backs have topped 34 receiving yards since that time. So, just to see great on Kamara, and, for, and honestly, it's out of respect for his resume more than anything else. I mean, if I took the name off of his stats and, and box score, it'd probably be somebody, it'd probably be a, a bench grade. Patrick Laird. Pat, he'd probably <laughs> be Patrick Laird. Yeah, good point. All right, let's go. And by the way, Latavius Murray's on the bench. Just four to ten touches, touches per game. That's not enough. Uh, let's go to Drew Brees. Aside from his inexplicable duds against the Falcons, Breeze has been great over the last five games, producing three downright explosive box scores. The Colts secondary is a middle-of-the-pack unit that has struggled with good receivers, including Chris Godwin and DJ Chark and DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. The funny thing is, aside from Michael Thomas... How are these explosive games even happening? I mean, who else is even throwing to, right? It's just this mismatch of randomly Josh Hill today. And then it's a Trey Ted Quan Smith. Game. And, and that right, then it's a Traquan Smith. And you know, it's it's so much Michael Thomas, and then there is no real number two receiving threat. It used yeah. to be Alvin Kamara, it's not even him anymore. So Michael Thomas, an obvious A, and actually Pierre Desaire's back and he's been brutal, subtraction by addition. Michael mm-hmm. Thomas is gonna have a fine game here. The only other receiver I can give a starting grade to is Jared Cook, who has now scored or topped 85 yards in four straight games. If Cook can play, and by the way, he's in the concussion protocol here, but I think he's going to go. He draws an average matchup against the Colts, who have only allowed two tight end touchdowns since week five. But one of those scores did come last week when Tampa's tight ends combined for 100 yards and a touchdown. So Jared Cook. 
could get it done here. Dropped a touchdown last week, which would have made it a big game even bigger, I believe. Uh, a couple of topics for you guys at the end. Earlier in the show, we talked about how Lamar Jackson, we believe, is going to go first overall pick next year. What about this for the second overall pick? And if it kills you with the notion that a running back didn't go number one, this will kill you double. <laughs> Michael Thomas. I don't why, think it's going to kill me. Why not Michael Thomas second overall? Because he is so much better than every other wide fantasy wide receiver out there. He's going to break Marvin Harrison's reception record this year. Yes, and most of us play in PPR leagues. And I think more so than anything else, he's he has the rare combination of an incredibly high ceiling and a ridiculously high floor. He's he's as safe as a pick as you can possibly make. Yes, and you do, but you don't sacrifice any of the anything. Outside. Yeah, you know I, the guy that people will take if they don't take him number one that they will take at number two is Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. because his season has just been ridiculous and he's leaps and bounds better than any other running back. But we just talked about Alvin Kamara. And you know Ezekiel Elliott has had a bad year. Like those are those are the problems with yeah. these with the running backs that you you know you've been talking about it for decades. Charge. There's so much yeah. risk with those running backs. You take that mostly out of the equation with a guy like Michael Thomas who gets so many targets, so many receptions. Assuming Drew Brees is back again next year, I agree right. he, he should be in the mix at second overall. I'd, I'd have to check, but I do believe the gap between McCaffrey and the number two running back is wider than uh, Thomas and the number two wide receiver, but uh, it's running back, and I, I don't know even, how you feel. It's not even obvious who the number two receiver is yeah, next that, year. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's that the gap is so big that I can't tell you for sure that it's, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the number two next year. Uh, so, you know. That, Chris Godwin. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> it I could mean, be. You know, we don't know. Yeah. I don't even know if Jameis Winston's going to be on the Bucks next year. The, it's totally up in the air. Plenty of questions around those guys yeah. as we look ahead to next year. Um, early in the preseason, we sold 25th anniversary Fantasy Football Weekly commemorative coins to uh, celebrate the 25th anniversary and also to generate some funds for Fantasy Cares. It's the charity you started, Scott. Yeah. Tell people a little bit. Uh, many listeners bought these coins. Yep. Tell people a little about the money we generate and what you just did for Toys for Tots in our final minute or so of the show. Sure. Yeah. So Fantasy Cares buys toys for kids around Christmas time. And uh, with these coins, I believe we raised over Mm -hmm. Mm $3,000. And the main thing that those went to was we were told by the Marines that they they service a terminal kids uh, ward that they wanted some game systems. And a lot of places don't, you can't, they don't get donations of high ticket items like that. Right. People don't donate a $300, you know, PS4. Exactly. And because of your donations through those coins, we were able to get them those high ticket items to that Terminal Kids Award. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, again, many thanks to everybody in August who chipped in, got the Fantasy Football Weekly 25th Anniversary Commemorative Bench Start coin. It it all went to a good cause, and uh, Scott ultimately ended up bringing in $60,000 through Fantasy Cares. Crazy. Unbelievable. And uh, all of that going for Toys for Tots and other charities. If you love this show, go to fanball.com slash charge for my free player rankings, my free $1,000 contest, our auctions, our podcasts, and everything else. And please take a moment to rate and review this show, especially if you love it, on your podcasting platform of choice. Talk to you next week for the finals, everybody. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.